Good jobs, quality jobs. We still have so much to do for women's rights. For the parents to go to work, you need good childcare. We will not have a successful recovery if we leave social rights. Reinventing our way of building and living. It is all right. Welcome to today's edition of Eurofound Talks, Eurofound's podcast series. And I'm delighted today that we are joined by European Commissioner Nicola Schmidt, who's European Commissioner for Jobs and Social Rights. He is visiting here in Dublin uh, over the last two days, and we are delighted that he was able to spend some time with us going through the key issues and critical challenges facing the European Union. Welcome, Commissioner. Thank you. So, Commissioner, um, clearly we're working in a very difficult situation at the moment. We have challenges that have been facing us already with the pandemic, with the Great Recession. Now we have Ukraine. Um, We had a process of convergence was underway, but it seems to have sort of stuttered to a halt a little bit during the last period of time. Now we're looking at this further crisis. What do you think that the Commission, the European Union, can do to try and embed the policies that will ensure continued upward convergence at this time? Well, first, I think uh, you referred to the uh, situation in Ukraine. And uh, it is a tragedy. It's uh, really uh, shocking what happens there. And I think the reaction of the European Union as of uh, the uh, international community is very strong and uh, Europe has shown a very strong solidarity, which is a very important uh, point also. Now, I uh, I wouldn't be too pessimistic now because we were on a, on a very strong recovery path. Uh, the economy going well after the, the COVID crisis, due also here to strong European policies, like SURE, like uh, uh, the next generation EU, We uh, expected and we see, by the way, uh, strong evolutions on the labor market in the the sense that unemployment has gone down, including youth unemployment. These are the positive signals. Now, certainly there's a major uncertainty coming through uh, because of this political crisis. And uh, we have to be very keen on avoiding now that uh, this political crisis uh, finally uh, destroys uh, what we have achieved during the last month on the recovery. Certainly there is an issue, uh, inflation is uh, higher, uh, energy prices are higher. We are working a lot on these issues and especially also the the social impact of this, uh, uh, of inflation in general, and especially also energy prices. So um, I think we need now very active policies in many fields. We have to accelerate, uh, especially also the um, change in our energy policy, our dependency on on the fossil energy uh, uh, shows our vulnerability. And uh, this is also a good reason now to invest a lot in, in, uh, in renewables and uh, to accelerate in a way uh, this transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly the bounce back that we were beginning to see after the COVID crisis or in the recovery was very reassuring. 
But we did see that the pandemic had an impact. Everyone suffered to some degree. Our research in Eurofound showed that the impact on young people, on women, on those further from the labour market, um, had had devastating uh, implications for their lives and their work. What do you think is your key priority to try and address the inequalities that have emerged during that crisis? Well, I think we you have mentioned young people. You, you have mentioned also those who are in the precarious jobs. Jobs with not so good working conditions have suffered a lot. The care sector has been really under high pressure. But not only the care, a lot of what we call first-line or front-line uh, workers. And I think we have to, uh, to show them that uh, it was not just applauding uh, it it means also that we have to reflect on uh, revaluing uh, certain jobs. That's why we propose this framework for minimum wages. We are proposing also better working conditions, uh, also better protections. Uh, the last, uh, for instance, the last agreement on a directive on preventing. Um, on, on improving health and, uh, and, and, and safety at work. We have included specifically a part on, on, uh, on nurses, on protecting them because they are handling very often very dangerous substances. So they, there are a lot of concrete measures. Young people certainly are at the center. It's the year, by the way, of European youth. And uh, I think it's not just a nice year. It's a year where we have to deliver on policies which support young people in skilling, in education, especially also supporting the most vulnerable young people. That's why we changed the youth guarantee, the young people who are excluded from school, from education, but also from the job market. These are now priorities we have to very, very strongly deal with. And what about women? Even in terms of the positives, in terms of telework, in terms of the rise in, in the ability to work more perhaps easily between your home life and, and the office, um, that's seen as a good thing. But we see that that could actually exacerbate the inequalities for women that they are already facing in terms of work-life balance, in terms of the care dimension. What do you think we can do to address that and prevent that, the, that we see the progress that was in gender equality taking a step backwards? Well, you know that this commission is the commission of equality and especially uh, equality between uh, women and men. Uh, we have made a proposal on, uh, on uh, unfortunately, these gaps existing still uh, on wages. Uh, between uh, women and men. We have proposed this transparency directive on wages, which hopefully uh, will change the situation. Um, I think we have to work on equality in the world of, of work, uh, which is still not guaranteed, also in promotion, also in terms of combining uh, the work at home and the job. Uh, I think this is also something which is uh, more in, in our society and the way uh, the different roles uh, women and men have. And we have really to work on that. Uh, this is not an easy task because it's really solidly uh, established. But uh, I think this is not a reason why we should not really uh, try to change it. Uh, a work-life balance is important, very important. Uh, and, and equality also here. When I say it's uh, when we have this uh, parental leave, 
Well, parental leave is always thought it's for women. No, it's for women, it's for mothers and fathers. And it should be equally distributed between both because very often women suffer because they take the parental leave, they take uh, the difficulties afterwards when they want to return to job, to their job. Childcare is central. The Commission will make new proposals on childcare uh, where we want to revise the famous Barcelona targets. Childcare has to be affordable. This is very important and of good quality. This is an investment, you know, in the future. This is investment on the higher participation of women in the labor market. It's an investment also in the well-being of children. So uh, these are uh, some of the issues where we try to uh, to promote this equality between uh, uh, women and men, which is, for me, uh, the fundamental uh, equality we have to have in our society. And of course, all of that takes place within the context of the gender equality strategy and the pillar of social sure, rights, sure. which are fundamental to... Principle number two, it's about uh, gender equality. Yeah. Um, so just coming back to the changing world of work again, things have changed so much, so quickly. But some things we did see in terms of the developments, new forms of employment, saw platform work emerging. Um, and I know that you have an initiative on the table um, that's looking to seek to, to address the concerns of the platform work um, sector. What do you think that will actually deliver in terms of addressing the potential inequalities that will emerge there with a different type of work? but also a different type of workers? Well, technology has gone, gone very fast, uh, especially now it has been accelerated. This transformation has been accelerated uh, through the uh, pandemic. And uh, it is absolutely indispensable to adjust uh, our legal frameworks to this evolution. We have seen a lot of uh, platform workers, but not only platform workers, who have been uh, in uh, working conditions which uh, are more linked to the 19th century than to the 21st. And this is unacceptable. So I think uh, now it is uh, it is important on one hand certainly to take all the advantage out of these technological developments uh, out of these new business models but it cannot be that these new business models develop outside social rights labor rights and the respect for people so it has to be human centered it has to respect people's lives it has to allow decent working conditions decent salaries and not just uh, uh, pretending that everybody uh, is uh, his or her own entrepreneur but uh, without any social guarantee so that's that's the objective of the platform directive there is one important issue we have to work on that's algorithmic management and uh, we have done it now in the platform directive, but uh, this is not enough because we get into a system, and especially also linked to remote work, of um, new forms of surveillance of people uh, and algorithms uh, becoming more and more the, the instruments for this surveillance. So I think this is a really a, a field where we have to reflect and we have also to put... Uh, the right uh, uh, rules, how uh, uh, algorithms can be used in uh, the context of, uh, uh, of the world of work, and especially now with the development of remote working. 
And of course, that's very important with respect to the elements which are relevant to digital transition. But there's a parallel transition, which is the climate change and the green transition. Um, I heard you quote recently Vice President Timmermans talking about without a just transition, there is just no transition. Um, what do you think needs to be done to ensure that there is a fair and inclusive transition when it comes to climate change uh, that actually does not leave anyone behind? Yes, um, I think we uh, we have insisted a lot when uh, when all the programs on Fit for Fifty Five uh, were were worked out and uh, presented uh, the climate law, uh, all these things which are absolutely necessary. I think climate change is a, is a real th major threat. The other threats, as we see, uh, we are uh, experiencing now, but climate change is a, a real threat, which is part of our reality, and we have to do something. But it is clear that it's not just now uh, to develop policies, uh, energy on, on buildings, on uh, uh, our mobility, and so on. We have to take fully into account the social dimension. Therefore, the uh, Commission... Uh, has proposed a, a recommendation to member states uh, to uh, to address all these social issues from employment to also uh, the impact on the cost of living especially people uh, energy poverty uh, how how uh, people especially in this context of increasing uh, fast increasing energy prices uh, there's a proposal on a uh, social climate fund, uh, which should um, activate uh, not only investments but also support for for people who who are suffering from uh, from different aspects of uh, this transformation. There's a regional aspect which is very important because some regions will suffer more than others because coal, for instance, now. Well, at uh, one stage, will uh, coal mines will have to to close, or so we have not just to say. Well, on the global balance, we have created more jobs than uh, jobs have been lost. We have to look also at those who have lost their jobs and where they live, and uh, to give s solutions uh, for their territories, for their local communities. So this mm -hmm. is uh, a way how we can assure that uh, this transition, which is important, which at the end will benefit all of us, but uh, in, in the transition period, we'll leave nobody behind. And that, of course, feeds into the big challenges and the big topics that are going to be discussed at the final session of the conference on the future of Europe. And in fact, we had one of the key panels of discussion which took place here in Dublin, um, in fact, one of the recommendations there was on minimum wage. But I'm wondering how can that conference actually play into the hopes and the optimism uh, and the confidence and the trust, particularly of young people who still maintain a very high level of trust in EU institutions, in fact. How can that actually respond to their aspirations and expectations of policymakers across the EU? Well, it is an interesting coincidence, in a way, that this conference associating uh, European citizens happens at a moment where Europe is, uh, in a way, under threat, where I, our values are under threat, and finally uh, where this threat is creating a very 
solid solidarity. And I think that um, it's the right moment now to listen to citizens, what they have, uh, what to their concerns. And uh, we always said we have to bring the European Union closer to citizens. Now I think it's a fantastic opportunity to do it because citizens now are European citizens all over the European Union. They feel that they are Europeans with their values and uh, that these values are not just given forever. They can be threatened. And I think this is a good moment now to uh, rebuild or I would say to strengthen the trust in the European project and to make it a citizen's project. And that's what I hope this uh, Future of Europe uh, conferences, debates, where we see that social is very important for people uh, and uh, we, we can do, and especially the young. Uh, if we, if we uh, lose the young as supporters for Europe, well, Europe has no future. And I get the feeling that now the young know what the challenges are, what is that really at stake. And therefore, also, we have to respond to their concerns. And uh, so I'm, in that sense, optimistic for Europe, optimistic for uh, strengthening the European Union and uh, also uh, uh, its capacity to respond to uh, what citizens expect from us. And what's interesting what you say there is because we talk of a Europe, a Europe for the citizen, but sometimes that gap between the citizen and the policymaker or the institutions can be quite wide. How does it motivate you into managing this process to the end? Well, first, I, my personal history, which is not important, but nevertheless uh, is there. I'm, I'm coming from a family uh, which has really suffered during the Second World War. So in my family, from my father's side, I heard what war is. So I'm very moved also for that reason by, by what's happening in Ukraine. And at the same time, I think that uh, Europe is an absolute necessity and we have really to, to work for that Europe. And I think we cannot work uh, for that Europe in an abstract way. We have really to, to build strong um, policies, especially, not only, but especially also in the social sphere. I always heard also when I became a commissioner, well, social, that's not a real competence of Europe. It, first, it's wrong to say that, but also, uh, if it weren't a competence, we really should create it, but there is a competence there. So what moves me is uh, what happens in our society uh, to build better societies, more cohesive, uh, coherent societies. And, uh, you know, the promise of Europe at the beginning after the, the, the war was shared prosperity for all, peace and shared prosperity. We thought that peace was not an issue anymore. Peace has come back as a major issue, unfortunately. Uh, shared prosperity is an issue. Uh, inequalities, you have mentioned it, uh, people who have uh, more and more difficulties to, uh, to make ends meet, uh, to have a good job, uh, who fear for their kids uh, and, and think that their kids are in a worse situation than they have been. So this is uh, moving me because I believe in Europe, I believe in its values, uh, I believe in a fair society. And, uh, well, we try to find the right ways how to do it. Minimum wages, better working conditions, 
at a democracy, also at all levels, including in the economy. So that's what moves me. Thank you, Commissioner. That's really very inspiring. Um, and just to final on, on our sort of wrap up here, um, we always ask our, our guests to really pare it back. And you have a vast remit. Um, your ambition is huge, clearly, for Europe and for the citizen in the social dimension. But if I was to say to you to talk to me in three, what would be your key three priorities that you would like to see delivered before the end of your mandate? Well, certainly, uh, I hope that we can deliver on the minimum wage because it's only part of fighting inequality and establishing the dignity of work. The dignity of work is essential in our society, fighting poverty and the dignity of work. The second is uh, this directive on platform because it's the beginning, an important beginning of creating the right responses, social responses for new economic models in the gig economy, the digital economy, uh, uh, making sure that this new economy, which I believe in and which I do not put uh, uh, into question, but it has to uh, respect also the values, the social values um, of uh, which have been built up uh, during decades and even more. Uh, we should not return to the uh, beginning of the first uh, industrial revolution. And now we are in the third or fourth industrial revolution. So we need this uh, social instruments and the, the platform is a, an important first one. And my third is um, on more general one. I have inherited the social pillar. And I'm very glad that um, also uh, we have this commission on the, uh, on the President von der Leyen has taken up this uh, pillar we have uh, presented an action plan and we have made out of social uh, a, a, an important dimension of European policies. We need this social dimension in our governance, in our economic governance, and that I would like to anchor that in the work of Europe also for the coming years. And that's what we, uh, what we have done through the Social Pillar Action Plan. But it's our work is not over. Now we are talking a lot about the semester, about the economic governance. And I want that uh, social will not be again what it had been during darker periods, uh, which are not so far away. So this is what I would like to achieve. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Um, it has been an inspiring and enlightening conversation uh, today and over the last few days. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks to our listeners also. Uh, as always, feel free to comment or question anything you've heard online today at hashtag Eurofantalks. You can also find all our current upcoming research and findings and, of course, all the rest of our work on our website. Follow us on our social media channels. And until next time, when Eurofan talks to you. Good jobs, quality jobs. We still have so much to do for women's rights. For the parents to go to work, you need good childcare. We will not have a successful recovery if we leave social rights. Reinventing our way of building and living. It is our right. <laughs>